Hey, Meg. Hey, Elle. Let's talk cock. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is the second in our series of like really free form introductions. Yeah. Cause like we said last time, we're we're getting loose. We're loose. We're getting cocky. We're we're audibly swaggering for you guys. <laughs> it's also so fucking hot that like all sense of reality is lost. Yeah, I can't really I didn't know what day of the week it was for a very long time today. Um, for our listeners, Meg is drinking water out of a square bottle that looks suspiciously like a liquor bottle. But it is not. It says Iceland it on it. That could be like just like schnapps or like. That's very true. Something. It doesn't help that I just slurred my words a little bit there. <laughs> so Meg's drunk. Mm-hmm. She's just guzzling vodka out of the bottle. Yep, it's my Russian roots. And we're gonna go... Are you Russian? No. (laughs) I don't even know. I know I'm uh, British and Welsh, but the rest of the hodgepodge, I don't know. I'm just Italian and Irish and Dutch. There's no questions in my family. (laughs) No, like, uh, they've traced... I can't remember which grandmother it was. One of them traced back to, like... Um, Plymouth Rock days and was able to figure out where we came from. So what you're telling and me is you've burned a witch. Probably. Or I'm the survivor of a witch that didn't burn. Um, I also really but, like the idea that from now on we can stop calling it the colonial period or the pilgrims and start calling it the Plymouth Rock days. <laughs> I couldn't remember uh, Mayflower. Mayflower. <laughs> no, no, no. no. That's what it's I was the trying to think Plymouth of. Rock days. <laughs> Okay. That's going to be, if I ever teach American history. Well, kids, today we're going to learn about the Plymouth Rock days. The day spent on Plymouth Rock. <laughs> that works. Um, my One of my grandfathers is adopted, though. And is, sorry, like, um, his mother remarried young. And his stepfather adopted him. But he doesn't know anything about his real dad. So, the story is that he's Native American, but... I think literally everybody in America claims that there's some Native American blood. So we're cocky, we're loose. We're not down. And I don't know. I feel like if we're going to be talking about erotica, we should be like in what boys think women wear to sleepovers, like in our 90s almost with like our pillows and everything and just like whispering about, I don't know. I feel like we're not appropriate setting like my lights are a little too bright to be talking about erotica yeah i'm also like really sweaty yeah that doesn't help too i'm so sweaty. And not like good sweaty no not hot sweaty i'm like like not shiny i'm sticky i went for a run and i haven't really demoistened yeah i need to get a workout in after this because i went to the grocery store i needed mozzarella <laughs> <laughs> that is very attractive is this how i feel it's it's very gross. The Northeast is going through a heat wave. It's been going through a heat wave. We can't well call it a heat wave anymore. We're just having... It's just hot. Yeah, the news is saying we're going through another heat wave. I just... I'm so ready for fall. Me too. 
give me my pumpkins in my 60 degree weather. For those of you not on video chat with me and Meg, I'm lifting my <laughs> arms right now and shaking my hands around in disgust because I don't want my body parts to touch each other because it's all no. sticky. Anyways, speaking of sticky, we, we get into some get any sex. We we get into some sticky situations in these next couple chapters. Yes, we do. So, full disclosure, we are not actually going to talk about Cockygate this uh, week. Episode? Episode, because we talked a lot about it last time, and we realized that it it made the episode a little bit long, because we also really want to be able to just sink our teeth into this. Um... Which is not something you should do with a cock. I was going to say sink our teeth <laughs> into this cock, but I thought that that would be kind of graphic. A little bit, yes. <laughs> so I didn't, but you went there anyway. So we're not gonna sink, we're gonna sink our teeth into this um... shoulder, neck. Are we vampires? Pelvic area. <laughs> yeah, get a get a mouthful. Well, we do at some point talk about balls and mouth. So <laughs> I guess I blocked that part out. It's uh, later in the chapters. So, uh, but yeah, this week we're just going to focus in on some hot and steamy, um, nothing, some hot and steamy, nothing, which is what happens in this. We get some hot and steamy at the end. Chapter eight is like steamy. Oh shit. I didn't read through chapter eight. Don't worry. You don't, we can do it next. Okay. Sorry. So for everyone listening, Meg and I went back and forth about how many chapters to do because we were going to do three an episode. But we realized that literally nothing happens and these chapters are like a chapter long. So we decided to do an extra one. And then I went ahead and read chapter eight. But we will just talk about chapters four through seven. Because chapter eight okay. is where we get a little freaky. We'll save that for next week. So after Janet Gilroy. Um, Thank you for adding her last name. Because there are times later where they talk about Dr. Gilroy. And I was like, who the fuck is that? So... <laughs> After Just Jan- throwing that out there. Thank you for saying her full name. Dr. Janet Gilroy. Um, after she... Because none of these characters are described or particularly fleshed out, I will admit that when I originally said Dr. Janet Gilroy, I meant Elizabeth Myers, who's actually her character. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. But she and Dr. Gilroy are at a coffee shop. They've gotten their mochas, their talking about no they're not talking about anything at this point elizabeth myers walks me or walks away at one point she says we're both sipping our wake me ups which i think is kind of a weird thing to say yeah because they ordered a specific drink and it's not like a they both ordered like almond milk mochas or something it was a lot of calories that's all i remember yeah it's not really like an effective wake me up can we talk about cold brews before we go too far into this? Of course Someone can. told me that cold brews are less bitter. Yeah, they're of a smoother have, taste because they're brewed longer. And have uh, more caffeine. It's true. And so I got one because I was like, that's fine. I'll try this. And I still don't like coffee. I still can't. I like. I drink it out of necessity sometimes. Oh, well, if you don't like, like coffee, you're not going to be like, oh, man, this is so much smoother. That's like saying like... I don't like well, vodka, I like, but I got you Grey Goose. Like, <laughs> I mean, but you can tell. I don't know. I was like, maybe it'll just taste like. No. Maybe it's the bitterness that I don't like, and I learned that no, maybe it's just coffee. It's still bitter. It's just smoother. So like cold brew. So like, 
iced coffee is literally you just brew coffee and you let it get cold. Yes. Um, or you put ice in it. I don't know how anybody does it. I call it iced coffee when it's been in my cup for two hours. Um, which is how I normally drink coffee. But, uh, cold brew is they just, like, put the grinds in cold water. I think it's, like, at Starbucks they do, like, 48 hours. Okay. And it's smoother. I really like coffee, so, like, I'm into cold brew, but... Um, if you don't like coffee, it's not like you're suddenly going to be into coffee because of it. Well, like, so currently if I drink a coffee, which is why, this is why I don't drink coffee very often. I, I typically, to wake myself up, I drink water and I stick with chai tea or some kind of like breakfast tea, green tea. Right now it's cold chai tea because it's too hot for tea, but like, that's how I get my caffeine. But occasionally I just need a fucking cup of coffee and, like, so how can I get, if, can I just put creamer in cold brew? Like, yeah. It's it just seems just like every other coffee. I mean, Starbucks sells one that has, like, vanilla cream in it. That was, like, their big thing when they came out with cold brew. Okay. Maybe that's what I need to try. Yeah. I mean, if you don't like the taste of coffee, you should just put shit in your coffee and then you'll like it a little bit better. That's literally where the latte comes from. No, that, this I know. I just, uh, similar to how I think it's weird when people put sugar in their cold iced tea mm. it's just like to me it was like is there a benefit to putting sugar or is it just going to kind of sink to the bottom anyways this is not anything to do with coffee gate but this is about as fascinating as our uh, this coffee is talk was coffee gate there you this go this is what it is coffee gate yes just this real quick before we get off now. the subject how do you take your black tea when it's hot uh, it depends which kind, but um, I have... Uh, have you ever been to... Oh, shit. It's the tea place in the mall, and I can't think of what its name. Anyways, it's like a... Yes. They sell that, like, rock sugar. Mm-hmm. So I usually steep it with that. And I'm usually good with just, like, a little bit of sugar. Sometimes I'll take it with lemon. Um, I drink mine with half and half in sugar. I Every actually occasionally morning. will put... Uh, depending on if I'm getting at work I don't like the brand they use so I will put um, some kind of like milk or creamer into it but yeah if it's my own stuff I drink Twinings no I used to do Twinings Twinings. now I do Trader Joe's brand Irish breakfast tea every single morning one cup with cream and sugar so I went to the Russian tea house for my birthday because um, you're Russian because I'm Russian uh And they, so when they bring, I don't know if you've ever been, but they bring you out a tray and it's the tea and then they have the sugar cubes and then they have this, it's cherries soaked in something. And like, I've tried to figure out what it is, but I have figured out a good substitute. It's almost like a cherry syrup almost, but I get it at like, um, the Italy place. So it's. So I have the Russian tea. It's the St. Petersburg tea. It's a black tea with, I can't remember what's in it. It but sounds it is, like my jam, though. It is fantastic. I'll uh, take a picture of it and send it to you tonight. Um, I have a big thing of it that was like 20-something bucks. Um, I mean, I put it in two bags myself. But I just ran out of the cherry stuff. So I, I use, it's like cherries and, and some kind of, it's not like, maraschino cherries it's like natural juices and stuff i just ran out are you out. telling me maraschino cherries aren't natural not that i'm saying they're not natural they're just not like real fruits they're just pure sugar 
And, um... I don't believe you. It's the only well, cherries sorry. I can eat. Well, then that may be a sign that they're not real cherries. Shh. <laughs> for, those of so, you, yes. for those of you who aren't at a group chat with me and Meg, um, today I announced I'm allergic to cherries apropos <laughs> of almost nothing. Of me saying, like, I got a shit ton of cherries on sale. And that's what I was having for dinner. Yeah, she so. was like, yeah, they're on sale. And I was like, I'm allergic. <laughs> so I will not be bringing those when I come up to visit you this weekend. But I also still, I mean, I just don't like cherries enough to eat them. But I eat peaches and they definitely make my lips itch and my throat close. So. Oh, no. But they're that's so, so scary. good and it's peach season. Speaking of peaches, let's go back to Georgia. Yeah. So, okay. Chapter four, she drives off with her wake-me-up after leaving Dr. Janet Gilroy. This is Elizabeth. It's her point of view. And she gets in her car, and she blasts Beethoven in her car. Not even just Beethoven. It's Ode to Joy. She's not even a good Beethoven fan. She only knows the singles. And now, like, I love some good classical music. And back when I had the group iTunes with like my family. I don't know if you ever went through that, but it was like everybody shared the same iTunes account. We all imported music into it. So my mother is a big cello fan. I think it's my mother. It might be my stepdad. Um, So we had a shit ton of cello music that really loud, the really dark classical music like that was always blaring in my house. When someone was in like a particular kind of mood, not necessarily a bad mood, Mm -hmm. but like, so in a car with that blasting, I can hear it. But when she said, Oh, to joy, which I think is like a fucking ringtone. Yep. For those of you who don't know, that was my extremely accurate um, <laughs> recreation version. It is not. It was a cover. That it was a cover. It was a very wonderful cover. My cover. But it is. Not the music I put on to wake up. So Also, I'm going to be honest. If I'm going in for like a long day, which I will be tomorrow, it's Carla Rae Jepsen in the car. It's just what it is. Yeah, that makes sense. I have a... Uh, I'm currently going through... Oh, what is his name? Sean something. Mendes? He put out a new album. Yes. I like his new album. He's so young looking. It makes me uncomfortable to listen to his music. I tweeted about this once and I said, Sean Mendes looks like he'll be able to star in the next John Green adaptation in about five years. <laughs> yes, it is very true. Like I watched him on Saturday Night Live and was like, I'm now uncomfortable <laughs> with liking his music. Like in five or six years, <laughs> he can star as the dude in turtles all the way down the film like if we hold off on it and let him hit puberty which is sad because i think he is he's very good the, he had that song that's like um 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 i was gonna say I think you take me places that tear up my reputation yes. manip- i like that song yes i i do like his new album quite a bit or uh oh, shit i can't remember what the other morning album i have is but to each their own but if you're going to be a huge Beethoven fan, it's not Ode to Joy. Yeah, like, it, it's like, you did no research for this. That's not a deep cut, yeah. you know? And also, like, I don't know, I, I guess because I kind of grew up in such a musical household, like, classical music should be played on a good system. 
So, like, to talk about it as, like, top-of-the-line speakers as though I was playing ACDC, yeah, that's kind of, like, how you should enjoy classical music. You should be emerged into it. It should be the best top-of-the-line, or you're just not going to hear everything. No, 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 no. The only way to enjoy classical music is to go to that website that layers the storm noises over Moonlight Sonata. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> and then if you're me... Laying in your bed quietly on a sunny spring day and listening to Je ne Nimera. Wonderful. By Seti. That's my favorite piece of classical music. That just took me back quite a few years. Um, also, or just the opening piano part to the Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. Also a classical piece. That's a good one. Boom. That is a good one. Boom. These are Boom. all better deep cups. Deep Deep cuts. cups. Well, we do talk Maybe a lot about titty is. this episode, so deep Maybe cups galore. Um, so let's get into the titty part, because she's blasting Beethoven in her car, and she gets pulled over, because that's a thing that happens. So it's not even that she just gets pulled over, but prior to that, she says something about, first of all, she's in an Audi, which again, did we decide it's like roughly 2050, 2040? By that point, Audi cars will be driving themselves. Because... Caden was born in 2008, and we put him at roughly 30. 30. So that would be, yeah, roughly 2040. Yeah, I just, like, don't drop name brands if it's supposed to be in the future. But and like, that includes songs? Like, this, with the Sid Vicious reference later, I was like, understandable cut, but by the time... Is that what punks are going to be listening to in 2040? Like, by that point, like they're going to be, like, like, agnostic front or whatever it was back in, like, 2005. 70 years? Because that came out in 19, what? Sid Vicious is, like, the 70s, like, 80s. Yeah. It's, like, how my thing about... I was going to say it's, like, 77. I'm going to go on a small rant that I've gone on to a couple of people, which is that, like, okay, so Ready Player One came out this year. Yes. And on Ready Player One, they have this like intense 80s nostalgia but ready player one set in like 2045 we're having an 80s moment because the 80s were about 30 years ago 30 to 40 years ago like by 2020 it'll be 40 years ago um we're having an 80s moment and we're slowly beginning to have a 90s moment because it's usually about 30 years for nostalgia to be a thing yep Actually, we're getting closer to an early 2000 nostalgia. Like, the, exactly. the shiny stuff starting to come out. You and I talked the other day about how thin eyebrows are coming back. That's it's... the thing. But so it's funny. The The reason I bring it up is because I was talking about the thought experiment of, like, Ready Player One, if it were following the same sort of nostalgia pattern that is demonstrated in the past 30 years of nostalgia being a thing and, like, vintage being a thing, they'd be nostalgic for today. So I was right. talking about how I want to recut all of the trailers to, like, Brood Boy by Rihanna or, like... Oh, that would be really good. Yeah, just, like, like you know, like, hits from today and him and like him being, like, really nostalgic for 2015 and, like, all of the riddles are, like, memes. See, that would... First of all, I actually enjoyed the movie. So I think did it cut I. out of a lot of the problems that I had with the book, but... You're right. The nostalgia would not be for the 1980s. Be for the 2010s. Looking at memes would have been so great. Just like he has to solve memes. Which we're still trying to do today. And like his his avatar, like the the other thing that I found really unrealistic. (laughs) 
nobody was nobody was a Shrek avatar fucking a donkey avatar anywhere in the background. Which you know is the <laughs> first thing people would do at Oasis. It'd be yes. like, I'm Shrek, and I'm gonna fuck donkey now. Or Sonic. Fucking Shrek. Yep. Or Tails. I can't remember. Who gets Sonic pregnant? Mario? I don't remember. You say this That's... like it's canon. Like, yeah, that game where Sonic and Mario No, it's just together. like one of those things where, like, I hear it and I go, mm, that's not a world that I even want to pretend like I'm slightly interested in. But so you I said it, shit out of it with such authority. <laughs> like, you said it, like, who is it that gets Sonic pregnant again? Like, what game is that? <laughs> oh, my God. Could there be a Pretty Little Liars, like, world? Because, like, that's seven years <sighs> of this time. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> so, anyways... Escape rooms are a thing. Um, yeah, this is... I, I'm waiting for, like, an iPhone to pop up. Because... I'm still really stuck on how intense you are about... Yeah, who is it that gets Sonic pregnant? <laughs> I'm sorry. Is it Mario? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <coughs> uh... Okay, okay, we're back on. We're back on. I'm good. I'm loose. I'm ready. So, there is a moment where she says, here it is, a grin spread up from my soul despite the traffic, which always sucks balls. Which is very true. Atlanta traffic is the absolute worst. Um, I'm going to go ahead and stop you right there and tell you that literally everybody from every city... Including me in Kingston, New York, a city of 30,000, thinks that our traffic is the worst. So Atlanta, on the, like, anytime they do the stats of, like, the worst cities, it's usually in the top five. I'm pretty sure that if they cared about Kingston, Kingston would be up there, too. We have this, like, (laughs) circle. We have this traffic circle with two lanes and nobody knows how to use it. We've all just accepted we don't know how to use it. So big trucks just bully everybody around. And that's pretty much it. So... Around Labor Day weekend, I will show you the pictures where, because for whatever reason, they schedule too many things in the city. And so everybody's trying to get down into the city because it's Dragon Con. There's usually some kind of sports Dragon game. Con. There's Is usually two sports Sonic games. Does Sonic get pregnant? Huh? Does Sonic get pregnant at Dragon Con? Probably. I would not be surprised if there are pregnant Sonics. Pregnant Sonic Con. cosplayers. <laughs> if anybody listening has pictures... Please. I want to see uh, them so that I can upload them to that crappy police department's Dropbox for gang activity. <laughs> I forgot about that. Send um, so- pregnant Sonic cosplayers, please. And thank you, everybody. So, Dragon Con is the Atlanta version of Comic Con. Okay. It's yeah. a bad name. Sorry. I'm Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, like, the McElroy brothers will be in town during that. So it's always really funny because Atlanta has a perimeter. So the actual city sits inside the circle and everybody comes into the circle for work and then leaves and traffic is miserable. And like my mother has sat in traffic for seven hours Ooh. on a Friday. Yeah. Like it's bad. So I get really upset when it's like a 20 minute wait. Like the public transportation sucks. And it's a problem. And I can go on a very long rant about that, but that is not for this. But around on Labor Day weekend, it's usually like that Friday, everything is red 
on the like if you look at the traffic map and it's always hilarious because it's like they never plan for this so when the McElroy brothers were like yeah we're coming to atlanta this day and i was like oh yeah everybody have fun with that one trying to get to that show not going it ain't happening so she's in traffic which sucks balls listening to beethoven and she's listening to it so loud that she doesn't hear the cop that pulls her over i guess for reckless driving but I don't know how you could do reckless driving in traffic. Yeah, that's my question. So either... Yeah, it's just a weird lineup. She must but... have just been, like, pushing through or something like that. Let's yeah, let's not try to solve Felina's problems. Let's just point yeah. them out. So we're still on, like, the second page. Yeah, this, this moves interestingly. It's, we're so bored with this. <laughs> yes. Um, Where's the sex? Okay. So she gets pulled over, and the cop, as it turns out, is sexy. That's the thing you need to know. He's sexy. He leans over next to her window, displaying his ass, and apparently all of the other people driving by decide to honk at him, which is a really just... I'm trying not to say wild thing so much, but that's really a wild thing to do to a cop. Uh, yes. It has never occurred to me in my life to honk at a sexy cop. Not that I've seen too many sexy cops. Like, I've seen a couple sexy cops and been like, okay, that's cool. I would never, like, be like, let me let them know. So it's got to be roughly 2036, because she says this guy doesn't look more than 23. And when we realize who he is, I looked him up. He was born in 2013. So... (laughs) Fun. So he's born in 2013, so that means you said it's 2038? 36. 36. Okay, so Caden's 28. That would make a lot of sense, yes. And then I don't think they tell us how old Elizabeth is. I actually have one thing I will say I kind of like about Felina Hopkins is she's... It's now two, and I'm guessing this is probably a theme throughout her work. I like that it's, like, an older woman and, like, a younger guy, but he's not, like, fetishizing her. She's not, like, a cougar. She's just, like, a few years older than him. And I think that's kind of rad, because I feel like you usually get the other way around. I feel like they're close in age, because there was a lot of talk about how Elizabeth got through the program very young. But if she's so, an attending, she has to, she's got to be 30. Yeah. Yeah, the ages are weird in this. Do we even know what color hair she has? I no, know she wears a note of ponytail. We know nothing about her until we get her body described, which I'm just going to, I'll talk about that line when we get there. So she gets um, pulled over by this cop, and this cop, is she he asks for her license and registration and she says she takes out her she hands over her georgia license complete with translucent peaches and i just thought that was a weird thing to specify like we already know you're in georgia we get that it's in atlanta like this is like you're offering another establishing shot have you ever seen the opening of the room yes it is a solid five minutes of establishing shots of san francisco and it's like okay we get it tommy why so we're in san francisco that's what this felt like to me yeah, it is. It's just another one of those things where, like, see, I know things about Georgia because, yeah, my license still has a translucent peach on it. Um, it was just weird that she said, I hand over my Georgia license. Like, she could have said, like, something like, I hand over my license, translucent, or admiring the translucent peaches or something. Something other than the way she yeah. phrases it, which is just like, hey, did you forget that we're in Georgia? I also super love that he is sporting a stern. I'm going to spank you look. 
that is not something that I want to see from a cop. No, this is actually where I think that this book kind of takes a weird turn because he's a police officer. Yep. And we find out later that he was actually planning to flirt with her, except that he got called back to do more actual police things. Yeah. So halfway through their encounter, he gets a uh, call that is a, we've got a 211, what's your 20? Which is a robbery, by the way. So, which doesn't match up at all with what ends up happening. Yeah, it does. Oh, it does? Yeah. All I remember is that the kid ends up in the hospital. So, anyways, yeah. she gets to drive off to the hospital. She gets there has like a weird moment looking at the building for a minute but um right before that she describes the cop she realizes that it's his last name is cocker and therefore he must be related to caden cocker and she says that he has the same narrow hips and round butt cocky swagger and matching attitude and i have two problems with this one it's weird to say that he has the same butt as somebody else that just makes me feel weird yeah. I don't think butts are genetic. Two, cocky swagger and matching attitude. I feel like swagger has an attitude in it when you use that word. You don't need to say he has a matching attitude. That just doesn't make any sense to me. It seems superfluous. Yeah, I agree. I get what she's trying to say. It's just not worded right. So the next chapter we get in and she's experiencing what they call a code gray. I actually didn't bother to look up if that's actually a medical term. It is. It's a combative patient. Okay, so yeah. they have this patient who has a, a bullet wound, I believe? So, yeah, it is... He's got a bloody left side, um, which is... It ends up being a blunt, uh, gunshot wound. And, and he's, he's not... High as a kite. Yeah, he's got a bunch of drugs on. He spits on her. She's kind of funny. Depending on where she spit on him, yeah, or he, he spit, spit on her. her, like, all they do is just give her some hand sanitizer. I don't know, like... I don't think you can put that on your face. I feel like that's not safe. Is that what they do? I don't remember. But it's like... I don't know. Can, what... Can anything... I mean, I know that diseases can be done... or. What is the word I am looking for? Can be transferred by spit. And I guess it's not enough that this is problematic, so but I feel like many. I feel like oh, the it only reaction hand sanitizer. to Sharon, who we're no longer calling Nurse Sharon, she's just Sharon now, smears sanitizer into a tissue and cleans my face while I inspect the wound. So it's just sanitizer. It's not hand sanitizer. Okay. It's probably similar, but. I mean, as long as it's antibacterial and it's got alcohol in it, it's probably the most that they'll do. Although I'm guessing she should have been wearing, like, a face mask. This is where, um... So she says, The kid has started singing the Sid Vicious song My Way at the top of his lungs, squirming on the table, and now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. Okay, I know that Sid Vicious covered that song, but if somebody started screaming that in front of me, I would not think of Sid Vicious. I would think of, I believe Frank Sinatra is the one who made My know. Way popular. Like, I know there's a Sid Vicious cover, but as far as I know, unless you're Sid Vicious singing it, it sounds about the same. I'm looking it up now. And then she says... Yo, Sid, you want to spend the rest of your exciting life with metal inside your ribcage? And at that point, she grabbed a chair, turned it around backwards, sat on it. <laughs> because she and was... gave a speech. <laughs> Yo, Sid. 
What's the line? I don't think it's the same song. And now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. Yeah, I'm looking at the lyrics. Oh, no, it is. It I know. Is I can line. hear Frank Sinatra singing it in my Sorry, head. Sorry, I was, like, looking in the middle and being like, yeah, I don't Sid know. Vicious, I don't like, know this song. Covered it. I did it my way. Okay. Yeah, it's like a famous song by Frank Sinatra, and Sid Vicious did a version that if you sing it, I don't know. It's just weird that her cultural touchstone here was Sid Vicious. Maybe that makes more sense because this is set in like 2038 or whatever, and the Frank Sinatra one would be almost 100 years old at that point. But also, I don't know about you, but I don't listen to a ton of music. So let's see. Sid Vicious did the cover in the 70s. So that would be roughly 70 years ago. So 70 years from today would be the 40s? Why am I doing... I have to look at birth dates every year and figure out how old people are and if they can fly planes. The 40s. Early 50s. And, like... Okay, so... I don't listen to 40s music. Here's the thing. I'm looking at the lyrics to the Sid Vicious cover. And it does have different lyrics... From but, the original version, such as, You cunt, I'm not a queer. But the first two lines are the same, so that's a weird marker for her to have chosen for this. And it's not like she's not allowed to cuss in this book, because this book is mostly cussing. Well, not mostly cussing, it's mostly, you know, sex terms. Yeah, it's it's interesting. There's no... Surely she knows that Frank Sinatra... I just don't think there's any way to not know that. I don't know. This is, it's just a, it's just a bizarre thing. And it kind of feels like she's trying to establish herself as like the cool uh, teacher yeah. or something. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what she's trying to do, but either way, I'm, I just found it bizarre. And then she says, yo, Sid. And it's just really strange. And he spits on her and she goes, why don't you buy me dinner first? He cracks up and thankfully calms down, calms downs. <laughs> My comical retort having the positive effect humor often has. <sighs> it's just weird. So she preps it's, him for yeah. the operating room because she has to take the bullet out. And Janet goes and does it. And then What's funny is she, within these two pages, Dr. Gilroy appeared at my side. Do you want me to take care of this Dr. Myers? And then thought you'd like that. To Janet, I cock an eyebrow. You know what we need to do. And it's like... Where's the rhyme or reason as to which one you're using? What do you mean? Oh, wait, I know. I think I know what you're talking about. Hold on. So when she's talking about it, well, she's got the kid. She's like trying to figure out what's going on. And it says, Dr. Gilroy appeared at my side. And for a moment, I had to go look up who Dr. Gilroy was because just because it's been a week and I couldn't quite remember if that was Janet or not. And it is. And so... It's one thing, like, if this was, like, I call her Dr. Gilroy when we're in a professional setting, it's Janet when we're not. But she uses the terms interchangeably to where it really, I really thought it was two separate people at first. And then we have Dr. Pivens, who instead of calling Dr. Pivens, she just calls him Pivens. So... 
Janet informs him as she eyes the wound. I'm taking the bullet out. That was a weird way to construct that sentence. Yes. But it also annoys Elizabeth because she leaves the room. And she lets Pivens oversee her, like, one of her two students, which I think is a little strange. Um, yep. In the corridor, I find an unwelcome sight. The sexy police officer I escaped earlier is standing with Caden, of all people. She says that like she's surprised, though. She already knows they're related. Yeah, I mean, like, unless Cocker's a common last name in this world. Damn which, it. There's if... 12, like, 12 cousins. I mean, maybe there it is a common Plus, one. he's one of five, so there's 17 kids, plus, like, the six original and their spouses. Yeah. In the corridor, so I find around. an unwelcome sight. The sexy police officer I escaped earlier said in the kingdom of all people. Damn it if my heart doesn't skip two beats. End paragraph. One for the wrong reason. End paragraph. One for the right. What's the wrong reason and what's the right reason? Mm, I think we're supposed to interpret. I assume the right reason is like... Because it's a cop. Oh, I was going to say because it's Kaden. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but that's what I mean by I think we're supposed to interpret. So, she has this exchange with them, and it's, it's just really, 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 okay, so there's parts of it that I really dislike. Guess I've got a soft spot for sultry brunettes, although I have to admit she looked better without the coat. His gaze drops to my chest. And before that, they'd all been playing fun, and then Caden suddenly gets really protective, because one time he fantasized about her while masturbating. Um... This is my cousin Wyatt. We get carried away when we're together. It's a family thing. Apparently, it is a family thing to sexually harass near strangers. Yeah. I guess it's supposed to be, like, flirtatious and sexy. And it's like, she's at work. She just stepped out of her room. She's probably got blood on her. And spit on her face. And he's staring at her chest. And Caden actually does apologize for it, which is something I like. This isn't yes. the place for it. I get that. I shouldn't have let it start up, and I definitely didn't mean for him to look at you that way. I'm truly sorry. Now I'm not sure what to do. Chastise him or shrug and tell him to forget about it. And she doesn't really take any shit from him. She says, like, since your cousin gave me the pass on the ticket, I'll repay the favor. I have family, too. Caden's eyes flicker. I don't know what that means. No idea. Does he blink a lot? Did he do the mission mission the men in black thing with the fish that has the gill eyes? He's oh, breathing. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Or maybe he's supposed to be really jealous that she gave them a pa- gave him a pass. I'm not sure what's going on here. So she tells him to go home. He's like, I slept well last night. I can be of service. You can't. And later on he does admit that. Um and then he, and then she just basically is like, get the fuck out of my hospital, and he walks off with his cousin. Officer Cocker, I have a gunshot wound that you're probably here to investigate. Why don't you do your job? So he goes to do that, and then afterwards he and uh, Cade meet up in the parking lot. But essentially, she tells Cade to go home, and he actually kind of listens. So then we cut to Janet asking why he's there. And Elizabeth treating her like crap for no discernible reason and saying, is that any of your business? really weird. Like, earlier Janet makes a comment when they're getting coffee or something that I'm just like, Janet's really focused and probably doesn't think about a lot of things that's not 
her work job. related. Like, yeah. maybe we're supposed to think she's a bitch, but... She seems just like she's someone who has her shit together and isn't, yeah. like, sexually harassing <laughs> or flirting with her, like, co-workers. Yeah. And also is, like, focused to the point where she can actually do her job rather than, like, getting hung up on every patient that's not going to make it. Not to sound, like, heartless, like, I understand... But there's, like, a level of, like, compassion, and then there's just kind of weird harping. It's like uh, watching a soap opera, one of, or one of those commercials that they've got right now with, um, oh, I can't think of which insurance company it is, but where all the TV doctors are on there, and just being, like, Neil Patrick Harris, you know, being like, why are you dying? Kind of that kind of dramatic. Yeah, that's kind of how it feels everyone else but Janet Gilroy is acting. Yes. And we're supposed to, I guess, find her to be terrible? So, and then she cuts off in the most, like, she cuts this chapter, and we go to Caden's point of view, but before she cuts the chapter, we end it in the most, like, dramatic soap opera of ways. At an approaching siren, she and I turn our heads towards the ER. I spring into action, then make yourself useful. Like, Elizabeth's really rude to Janet. Yeah. So we get to Caden, who's outside leaning against his cousin's cop car, and he says, I've got the sun beating on me and an even stronger heat inside my chest. I'm sitting on my ass when I could be... Dot, dot, dot. I just... It's not dedication. It's borderline obsessive. Yeah, it's Which really is weird. dangerous. Like, I like my job a lot, but, like, you know, on days that I'm not photographing weddings... I'm not like, someone's having a wedding I could be photographing right now. Yeah, you're not so focused on building your, your I guess portfolio. It's different when you're saving lives, but I don't know, it just seems weird. I still feel like you need to have um, a line where your your professional world stops or it's going to put you in the hospital from too much stress. Yeah. So Wyatt comes out, and he's like, are you thinking about sneaking back in? And then they talk about Elizabeth Myers. Especially with your boss roaming around the halls looking for trouble. I'm not smiling, Wyatt, I mutter. She's got my balls in a sling. Bet you want them in her mouth. Snorting, I drag angry fingers through my hair. Not a chance. Angry fingers. <laughs> angry fingers. <laughs> Angry figures. He looks into the sun, which you're not supposed to do, guys. <laughs> this is a book Thoughtful. about doctors. Let me give you some medical advice. Don't look, at, <laughs> don't look into the sun. Do you think he, like, pretend these are sunglasses? He did the whole, like, detective TV show thing of putting them on. And No, she would have definitely described the Ray-Bans if that were the case. That's true. He definitely has Ray-Bans. No, he just looks up into the sun in front of his doctor cousin like a freaking idiot. And then they, they make a point to talk about the kid for a little bit. The the gunshot victim, Sid Vicious, or and or Frank Sinatra fan. We don't know. Um, um, she's assuming, and it's all her point of view, and he never says, I'm a Sid Vicious fan. He doesn't say to her, <laughs> I'm singing it. I'm singing my way, the Sid Vicious version. Um, or he's wearing a Sid Vicious shirt from the 70s. Which, like, that's a relic. You shouldn't be wearing it by the 1930s. Yeah, that's, that literally should be in a museum. 
Or maybe he bought it at Hot Topic in the early 2000s. You're right. I, you're very right. But yeah, so apparently this kid gets called on a lot. He's a problem. Um, thankfully, the bullet hit no major organs, which, like, I'm really curious which organs are on the side, your left side of the body, but that's just me. Like, so then they talk about how he's got no future because he's really excited with himself about being on crack. As most people on crack are, I guess. Yeah. And then it it's immediately upper, right? it immediately has to go back to the Cocker Brothers. So it, I like this kind of backstory. So I guess Wyatt is a new cop. Mm-hmm. Um, Which explains why he felt okay sexually harassing somebody that he was pulling over. Yep, he and also thought like had he could ask first. them for number. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not okay. That is that is a... You can get sued for that. It is abuse of power. Anyways. It's an abuse um, of power, and it's also, like, super creepy. There's also this discussion of him, like, rubbing a mark out on his pristine paint job that made me go, but he's in his cop car. Which is probably not new. Yeah, I mean... And it's not like he bought it. Why is he obsessed with it? Like... Well, he's probably already king of the cops because he's a cocker brother. This is very true. But I think it's pretty safe to say that his dad is the um, cocky army dude. Marine. Yep. He squints into the sun again. A grin flashes and he squints into the hot sun. Um, Apparently he considered going into the armed forces like his father and decided that I like to keep my protection localized. Get to be near the family. Which I get. This whole thing is just another moment where they're like, oh, hey, by the way, the Cocker brothers are really close and family is really important, and it just feels like this weird sidestep that we take in this chapter that doesn't really establish anything because we don't really yeah. care about Wyatt, and he's presumably not going to show up that much more because Max is his best friend and that's his brother. There and, also hasn't been a book on Wyatt yet. Oh, I'm sure there will be, and that's why we're doing this. But yep. basically, the note that I wrote down for this part is that this is like a less charming Fast and Furious. They're like all about family. Well, it just made me think, I come from a family of cops, and, like, if you ask any one of them why they went into it, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird way of phrasing it. Armed forces and cops aren't the same thing. Yeah, it's really strange, like, that he, I mean, I guess it's not that strange. A lot of people who come back from the military end up joining police academies. It's like, there's a pretty strong... That that makes sense, but, like, I don't know, I guess, so armed forces will pay for you to go to college, and a lot of police jobs require you to have a college degree. I can't remember if Atlanta does or not, because my dad was never, my dad wasn't, hasn't, ugh. my dad's not a cop in Atlanta, so I only kind of know the area that he's around, um, mm-hmm. but I feel like it is a thing, because it's a major city, they get to be a little bit pickier, so they do usually require college degrees. So, I don't know. It's just weird. Like, if you're trying to decide what you're going to do, I don't know. It's it's a lot of 
I get the idea. This is just a very shallow reading. And maybe that's all people want with their erotica. And maybe that's but I because feel like, most of mine tends to be fan fiction. We already have that depth. But I, I feel like there's there's something to be said for like, oh, we just want to get to the fucking. But she's not doing that either. That's the reason that I... That's the reason that I feel so strange about all these weird little detours that she takes to point out all these things about Georgia and about the family and to really, like, establish this, like, loyal family bond. Like, other than the fact that her books take place within the same family and they involve characters from the same family, she's not doing a good job fleshing out a world or characters that makes me, you know, like, really want to, like, care and, like, be invested in the sexual pursuits of these people. And she's also not really writing sex yet. Like... We've had no. a masturbation scene, and then in chapter eight, things do get a little heated, and it's kind of disappointing, because, like I said, um, a couple episodes ago, I really like a slow burn, and it's not going to be a slow burn. Oh, I was really hoping this was a slow burn. Me too. Um. So, Wyatt explains that he was definitely going to ask for Elizabeth's number, and Caden says, well, I would have put a fucking stop to that. Wyatt's head swings back. Whoa, Caden, I had no idea you were into her. I'll back off. I guess I could... I don't know. Caden's roughly 28. Is that what we decided? Yeah. So, assuming that you're a normal 28-year-old, I feel like you can tell when you like someone. And instead of just being like, no, I don't like her, like you're a teenager, it should be more like, I can't date her or I can't do anything about her because she's my boss. Like, she is actually his boss, even though he doesn't want her referring to that. But, like, Yeah, she's... he has a weird thing about that where he's like, your boss is in there. She's not called my boss. That's a really strange thing to get upset yeah. about. Um... And they go back and forth with the whole, I don't like her, but Wyatt knows she likes her. He likes her thing. Janet's really going to have to screw up for me to not okay like with... her. Well, for me to be okay with Kate and get in this uh, hospital position over her. Because he's so far not demonstrated that he is in any way deserving of it. No. Um, so, yeah, it's... Oh, dipping inside. I kept reading that as dripping inside. Then we get Wyatt, who is a police officer, texting Caden... As After he drives he's away. away. Now, again, it's roughly twenty thirty six. But Atlanta is a hands-free city. You cannot text while driving. You cannot have your phone out while driving. And it's... Um, so it'd be one thing if it was ever established, like a voice-to-text But thing. It, doesn't, it, it doesn't even say... He says, I glanced to the fortress that houses Queen Myers while I thumb in a text. You knew her title all along. He replies, I might be gorgeous, but I'm not dumb. Sorry about that. Oh, that's all good. Um, so, yeah, it's not even like he typed the text before driving. He literally is texting while driving, which is someone who has been in car accidents. Don't fucking do this, please. Ever. Like, it's not worth it. But also... I glance at the fortress that houses Queen Myers while I thumb in a text. I've never called it thumbing a text. Not since, uh... Even then. No. There's never been a point where I thought to myself, let me thumb a text to somebody. 
But also, it's also the second reference to calling the hospital a fortress. A fortress, and then but he also calls not from the same person. Queen Myers, which I thought was really strange. Unless she has gotten drunk at some point and been like, "This is my fortress. I am the queen." It doesn't make sense. It's just odd. Chapter seven is where we have the very um, oh that weird bit interpersonal so, discussion yeah. of like maybe the Cocker brothers are cults. So he's in his car and he's giggling to himself that Wyatt texted him about Elizabeth Myers while he was like driving, which is great for a cop to do. Um, and Dev, who we met earlier, and okay, maybe I misinterpreted things, but I feel like Dev was established as like a good friend of Caden's. That's what I thought too. And here, Dev says, so Caden reveals that his dad is a producer and has worked with his cousin Gabe on some music and they're listening to it in his car. And then Dev says, Hey, you never talk much about your family. I mean, everyone knows who they are. Who all of them are, I smirk. Razzing him. What does razzing mean? Like, joking, teasing. It's and a I word. It's just a little I just fashion. wasn't really sure what that exchange meant. Who all of them. Everyone knows who they are. Who all of them are. It's, it's weird. It's This chapter, again, shows that she struggles with dialogue. Yeah, she does. You know what I mean, the famous ones. But you don't say much. His expression softens. Thanks for letting me in, man. I appreciate it. I want to be friends. Staring at his unguarded expression, I nod. Cool. So, this whole thing, we go into this whole talk where he calls his brother, and he's like, hey, do we have any friends outside of the family? So he goes into this, he launches into this thing, he calls his brother Max, he's his best friend, and he goes, hey, do we really have any friends outside of the family? And they sort of establish that, no, nobody really does. There's like a dancer friend named Logan that I'm sure will be referenced in another book that we're not going to read. Yeah. And he, he realizes that he knows a lot about Dev, but Dev doesn't know anything about him. And I just thought that was strange because why, I guess the thing that bothered me is before I thought that Dev had been like, Hey, please join this midnight baseball league where buddies do this for me, my buddy. I took it as, Hey, you were part of this league last season. Can you, you know, join up again? And him being like, no, 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 I can't this season because, like, I really need to focus on this. Either way, it felt like there had been an established relationship between them, that they were buddies. And then this, to me, felt more like Dev is, like, starry-eyed about getting to be friends with a Cocker brother because they're famous. It is a very weird... I assume she has beta readers. I, that is a really big assumption because this feels like a second draft. Like there's, there's not a lot of, this confusion is not the only confusion going on, but it's, it's weird. It's, it feels like it's just a really strange exchange between two adult people. And there's enough establishment that he doesn't like Janet's. And it's like, I'm going to focus on these relationships between male and female. So based on what we've read alone, my assumption is he and Elizabeth start hooking up. He goes to some party. He and Janet end up hooking up, which pisses off Elizabeth and almost causes them to break up. I don't know. Like the way that the relationship with Janet has been established feels like it's a setup for some, for the, the turn towards the last 30 minutes of the movie 
where it causes them to break up temporarily or to, you know, have the big moment where they separate and have to realize that they really love each other. And Dev isn't developed at all. Like one line of like, I feel like he even calls him a friend, but maybe he only does call him like my coworker. Now I'm going to look. Within seconds, Dr. Dev Mangle, also a second year resident, appeared at my side, keeping pace up with the uh, up the corridor. He's not a trauma surgeon like Janet and I opted to become. Wow, that's really weird worded. He decided upon the life of a general surgeon, one who removes gallbladders, appendixes, etc. More scheduled visit peacefulness, less urgent holy shit drama that my nemesis and I thrive on. So it's acquaintance would have been nice. Yeah, it's just, it's weird. We we don't establish that relationship and then we have this weird moment, or I guess we're supposed to be establishing it, but it feels strange because they speak so chummily. Yeah, I mean, he knows that there's an issue with Janet. Yeah, and he immediately takes Caden's side, and if they weren't really buddies... Yeah. I was getting a Turk and JD vibe off of it. Yes. And I think I just, like, maybe read that into it. And maybe that's where this is coming from. There's not anything that says... Also, there's this monologue of, like... Okay, there's not anything that says that they are not friends or that they're not close. There's also this monologue of... From under my battered brow, I looked at it. You see what she's doing, Deb. My family's in Atlanta. I can't be reassigned, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The way that he talks to him... And, you know, Dev says, I wish I had a family like yours. Like, to then turn around in Chapter 7 and say, like, Dev doesn't know anything about me makes that one line of, like, I wish I had a family like yours because they have rich and famous people. Like, it seems to, yeah, it colors Dev in a bad light. And I don't like it. Uncool. And then he mentions this stuff about Dev that's really sweet, like that Dev married his high school sweetheart and they love each other. I don't know. It's strange. And then he goes on to make plans to hang out with his brother at the Georgia Botanical Gardens, which... Yeah. And then his brother mentions something about needing to slip pants on. He's like, you edit naked. I've got a shirt on. Violently shaking my head to clear this image from my memory banks forever. I shout, never heard that. See you there. So, if you live alone... I've edited it in my underwear. Like, the fact that you're not wearing pants doesn't mean that you're butt naked. Dude, like, straight up, I only put pants on because we were going to be on video chat. This is the only reason that I'm wearing, like, any kind of shirt that covers anything and not just, like, a bralette. It's, it's, yeah, like, don't judge people what they do. Go listen to Best Acquaintances, like, all the way through. There's a very long discussion of, like, wearing pants in, in apartments. And, like, I think it's Ollie that's like, what do you mean that you might not wear pants and sit around naked in your apartment? And it's a very fun... Why like, else would I pay the premium of rent by my, of like my own singular rent exactly. if it doesn't mean I can just be pantsless or shirtless or braless or clothesless in general whenever you know the what? heck I want? If I want to move into a place and just roll across the floors before I move anything in without anything on, it's my business. Exactly. I pay rent there. This is my domain. So, so well, before we also get this paragraph of like, uh, 
There are so many of us cockers. We were born with built-in friends. I have four brothers and sisters, two of each. And on top of that, we've got 12 cousins. So as we established, there's 17 of this generation. I think it really does depend on the family. Um, yeah. So I, I'm an only child, so I can't really speak to a lot of this because I don't know what it's like to have a relationship <laughs> with a sibling. I know that I always was kind of a little bit jealous of people who had really good relationships with their siblings. And I think that when people get older, they tend to have better relationships. Like we know more than a couple of people that are really tight with their siblings. Yeah. Um, what I do have is a lot of cousins. My dad's one of 11. And when I was younger, they really were like some of my best friends, but I don't think I ever felt like they were my only friends. Yeah, no, I... <sighs> they shouldn't be. It's kind of like a weird echo chamber to be in if they are. Because you're not going to really... Part of having friends is like you learn new things and you grow as a mm. person. And you take on friends that have different mindsets and opinions and, and interests than you. So that you can become your own person and not mm. just this family identity. And maybe that's what this book's going to address. But it is... Very, very strange that it took 18 books to do that, first of all. Second of all, there's a line that says, All grew up in Atlanta, save for Sophie's soul. And I'm counting Ben, even though he was raised an hour north. It's close enough that he was around though all my, through all my youth. First of all, an hour north is still Metro Atlanta. It's fine. You don't have to establish that you're counting it. It's Metro Atlanta. But she wants us to know that she knows everything about Atlanta. Yeah, but, like, you don't because... An hour north is roughly Woodstock, which is a wonderful place and which is where a lot of people that live in the city are having families and moving out to. So, but it's still Metro Atlanta. Those people still, an hour north of Atlanta is not like, oh, that's too far. We're not driving that. Like, it's not a big deal. But the whole fact that like, all grew up in Atlanta, save for Sophie's soul. It took me a minute to realize, first of all, what she was trying to say with that sentence. Mm -hmm. Second of all... You cannot say that these books can be read on their own. When you're going to mention other characters and not explain who they are. Exactly. She's had her own book and that's fine. I don't need an entire retelling of that book, but just like, where the fuck's she been? Yeah. Like what Something. does she do? Like Sophie, who is Sophie soul? Do the comic book thing. Put an asterisk at the end of the chapter. See cockies. I don't know which one it is. Rebel, I think, book number 13, like, something, so that I'm not like, who the frick is this? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's one of the things. She names all of these different characters, and it feels very confusing because she hasn't really established any of them, and she also doesn't really describe them. No. Um, not even no just the relationships, but it's like, I don't know what Elizabeth looks like. I don't know what Dr. Janet Gilroy looks like. I don't know what any of these main characters look like. Let alone characters like Dev Mangel. Yep. So, we skip... And also... Go ahead. Please, if you ever get in a relationship... Did we talk... What did... Who did I talk... I just talked about this a lot on Judging Book Covers. I am a firm believer that your best friend should not be also your partner. You should have a best friend outside of the person that you are dating slash married to. 
it's okay if your partner is one of your best friends. Like, yes, my boyfriend that's will. He's one of my best friends. I don't yeah. really do the whole, like, BFF thing. Like, I don't do, like, a <sighs> No, I have a friend. group of friends. Yeah, like, that's fine. It's... But still, like, the people that are like, you are my partner and my best friend. And I'm like, you are closing off yourself. And if something goes wrong in that relationship... Exactly. Yeah. So this whole, like, outside of Natalie, which, by the way, Max has had his own book, too. um, He doesn't have friends. And that's very, very weird. That's, like, a red flag for me. If I meet somebody who doesn't have any friends outside of, like, their siblings, it's it's a red flag. I have not, like, on, I've done online dating where I've met guys that are really nice that I have ended up not going out on dates with because they message like one guy I went to tennis practice and I and I walked out of tennis practice and had like six messages Uh-oh. and like I sent a text and then started cooking dinner and did something else and then I get this text of like I'm so sorry it's been so long and like I didn't mean to you know take so long but I was doing this and I was like Okay. Oh boy. That's you you gotta have your own identity. You gotta have your own thing. Outside of you gotta know who you are. And it's gotta be outside of your family, outside of work, outside of your partner. So Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like it's it's really um I feel like it's strange. I feel like she's trying to romanticize it in this book, this idea that they're this super tight family. But I just don't feel like it does anything for me. I feel like that's what she did for... I'm really hoping that this book is a look and going. For 17 books I've gone, this family's this close. And that's... Now I'm starting to realize that that might be problematic. I really hope that Dr. Janet Gilroy becomes, like, his best friend. I hope so, too. I want them to become friends. I want him and Deb to become friends. I want it to be a story about him, like, finding a community within this hospital that he can love and enjoy and be a part of. Even if his relationship with Elizabeth doesn't work out. Because we all know at this point that it's going to be Elizabeth and Caden. Yes. But there's I don't, been no other point of views. I don't have any real confidence that that's what's going to happen. I think it's just going to be Caden and Elizabeth. Because I guess some people enjoy that. Which leads me to something that I, I, I mentioned to Meg before we started recording that I, I kind of wanted to talk about. Which is like, does any of this work for you so far no so i i read ahead i read chapter eight so i won't get too far into it but there's some things she describes in it that work for me a little bit um but i'm someone who i don't know i she hasn't described a character that i think is particularly attractive the way she describes most of the male characters i don't really find I just keep thinking they almost look like zach efron she's always like blue eyes and sandy hair and chiseled everything oh there is a moment so he drives by Krispy Kreme the neon light is on and he doesn't go in because two minutes is going to ruin his abs I can't remember exactly what I don't want to throw I like my abs too much to throw them away for a two minute treat which is not something I've ever felt Krispy Kremes are damn good I will throw them away for two minute treat but it's I I guess that's another added thing of, like, that's a red flag for me. You should be able to enjoy yourself. Don't get a Krispy Kreme every day. 
I think you and I even like went to look at for Krispy Kreme when we went to Grand or Penn Station. Oh yeah, we did go looking for Penn Station Krispy Kreme. That's the only Krispy um, Kreme in New York City. That's so sad. So it sad. It's really sad. Um, but the fact of the matter is, like, this guy's obsessed with his work. Obsessed with his body. Yep. No friends. Yeah. It's not a great situation. And and it's, I think it's going to be difficult for me moving forward to feel like, ooh, I'm kind of, it's going to be difficult for me to get into it, I guess, is what I'm getting yeah. at. It's really hard to understand and, like, establish that he's any kind of set person. Like, he's got a long way to go. And the fact that he's almost 30, like... Doesn't help. No. So... So far, this is not doing it for me. I mean, like, depending on what kind of sex we get into here, like, that may not even, it may not matter what they look like or anything, and it might do something for me, but, like... But I guess that's the thing that bothers me the most. It's the same thing that um, kind of bugs me in, like, Fifty Shades of Grey and other erotic I've read, where I just feel like sometimes the characters are so bland, and I know it's because you're supposed to be able to slip into them, but for me, it really helps to get invested in a character, so it bugs me that, like, Elizabeth has almost nothing about her and we know nothing about her. Other than the only thing I think they've established, and maybe they haven't even established that, but I'm assuming these characters are white. Yeah, I don't see Felina not writing a, yeah. any person of color. Or, yeah. I mean, other than Dev. There is a new adult series called, um, I think it's called, well, let me look it up. And it, it was the first, uh, I guess, erotic slash romance series that I picked up that wasn't geared towards fan fiction. That wasn't like me finding a story online to kind of read mm. in the moment. But instead, like, I am going to spend my time thinking of this book series. Mm-hmm. Um, here it is. It's called The Royals. And I picked it up because someone compared it to um, Boys Over Flowers or Flowers Over Boys. Why can't I think of... I can think of the actual Chinese name for it, but I can't think of uh, the Americanized. But basically, uh, it's a it's a four, five brothers. And this girl kind of gets thrown into their lives. And they're really mean to her until like one of them realizes he's in love with her. Um it's a common trope and I feel like those characters, even though that series takes a turn for like some really dark, possessive sexual harassment, like scary shit going on. Mm -hmm. I still would rather read that because at least I could get a better grasp on those characters. Yeah. You're getting character. You're getting characters. You're not just getting like, uh, I was going to, I was going to, I'm just going to say it. You're not getting like a meat wallet. And that's, maybe that's all that it's supposed to be is like, so that you can fantasize about the guy you want in this role. But then she's so intense about the guys that go on the cover. She takes the photos herself. That's a big thing about Felina. So she has a very specific vision. I just don't see it coming through in her writing. And that, that ruins it for me. There's also one where my favorite trope is celebrities dating, like, regular people. Have I talked about this on here? We did a little bit back in a handbook episode. <laughs> the, which is, like, uh, the Aaron Wyatt is the uh, the pen name. 
for the Royals, and then they it's two women, and they wrote uh, When It's Real, which is another one. That's actually a romance erotica book that I really, really super enjoy and highly recommend. Called When It's Real by Aaron Wyatt? Yep. Maybe it I'll is, add that to my uh, list after I speed read Aaron, The Hate You Give. Aaron Watts, sorry. Aaron Watts. Um, it is about a teen celebrity who has to sign a contract with a, a normal girl, basically, um, so that to make over his image. And she needs the cash, I think, for, like, college or something. And, of course, they fall in love. Of course, but like, naturally. Having to deal with the difficult... So it, it's not only, like, celebrity falling for normal person, it's also, like, the fake relationship becoming a real relationship so uh, it, it hits it checks a lot of boxes for me tropes on tropes and into yes. it okay so, so that's our recommendation for the week guys read yeah. real when it's real by aaron watts what about you do you have any off the top of your head that you're like most of the romance i really enjoy is always really secondary in books i'm someone who really likes to read into stuff so like like the great romance and everybody hates me for this but i actually really love ron hermione stuff I think it's in there throughout the whole thing. Oh, it, it absolutely is. And that's on purpose, but she had to go back and retcon it. Um, I'm trying to think of other romances I really enjoy. Uh, I really love the subtle romance in Cursed Child between the two sons that kind of get through it. Oh, the yeah. End. Albus, <laughs> and, Albus and Scorpius are gay as the day is long. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, just speaking of Harry Potter. I just read uh, a book called the, um, this is like the opposite of erotica. It is not erotic at all. But I just read the Guernsey Literary Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. And that has a really good slow burn, like low key romance in it. And it's very good. I like stuff like that. I like cute stuff. I should say that. I don't really read a lot of erotica. I don't either. I, and when I do, it's, to support this whole new adult genre to help it get popular enough so that it can get out of just being considered erotica because that's kind of all that it is which is unfortunate because there are plenty of books that fall into that category that technically are excluded because new adult has become so parallel with romance so i'd actually never heard it until the term until um what do you call it? The the book that we covered before, Handbook, Handbook for, for Mortals, Mortals, is technically new adult. Yep. Maybe I'll start like looking into that genre as a new adult. <laughs> I have read a few I can recommend. Okay, we'll we'll talk about that off air because I think I think we ought to yeah. wrap this one up. So, yeah. sorry this went off the rails so much. We just wanted to talk a little bit about you know not just like dunk on erotica. We wanted to talk about erotica and what we think is good. Um, if anybody has any romance or erotica recommendations, um, maybe I'll start a thread about that in our Facebook group, which yeah. I'm going to plug again, a handbook for judging fabulous retellings covers, or you could tweet at us. We are the handbook pod or no, we are just handbook podcast at Twitter, mm-hmm. or you can tweet at me or Meg ourselves. Cause we are also really active on Twitter. I'm and L was like, and my name is spelled E L L E. And Meg is Meg Griffin with three G's and two F's. Yep, that's me. Um, Don't tweet at Meg Griffin with two G's and two F's because you'll probably get a family guy. Probably. Joke account. That's why life sucks. 
Um, I'm also going to recommend <laughs> Bo North. Like, I think you'd like her stuff. We'll Bo talk about North. it off air. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, uh, goodbye, everybody. Thanks for, for coming along with us. I think we're going to cover a little bit more of the Felina Hopkins cocky gate. We decided to take a break this week because we really wanted to talk about what went on in these chapters. Yeah, we don't want to unload too much. It's also hot and research did not sound fun. Yeah, no, I'm, and I'm, as I told Meg in, this, in these exact words, I'm addled this week, so. <laughs> yes, so. Oh, um, also go check out Judging Book Covers this Sunday. The new episode's going to be on The Hate You Give. Elle's going to join us to talk. Uh, so we're going to talk. I'm sure Lanny Serum will come up, but if you, for whatever reason, haven't read the book, come listen to it to talk about it. And I if can you tell have, you from um, reading it, it's it's really powerful. I've already cried like twice. I cannot believe I have to speed read this thing in the next three days because I'm... I'm sorry I didn't remind you sooner. No, it's all right. It just, it's going to be a lot in three days. I'm going to have a lot of feelings. I might cry on a podcast. So, you know, what else is new? Okay, let's wrap this up. Yeah. So, yes, we'll be back next week to read three or four more chapters and discuss more of Cocky Gate. And we'll talk so. more cock next week. There you go. In the meantime... Put some balls in your mouth? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> you left it open. In the meantime, shake your head violently to clear your memory banks of that sentence. <laughs> <laughs>